Hi, I'm Mike. I'm Cody. We are the Turntable Teachers. And class is in session. All right, so for today's agenda, episode two, we're gonna be talking about formative albums, and Cody's yes. gonna explain that in just a minute. Yep. We have a JID album review for you today, which Exciting. I am very excited about as oh, well. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, at the very end, we got some recommendations for you guys. Got it. We need to leave them with something to listen to. Guys, a little homework, with. as always. Exactly. Yeah, not too much homework, but enough. Yeah. So the first thing we're going to talk about is something that we came up with called formative albums. We figured that we have really diverse tastes in music, and everyone kind of does, and it usually is going to be rooted somewhere. So I feel like everyone has artists, albums, songs that they kind of hold near and dear to themselves that influence what they want to listen to. Which I, I'm kind of excited about hearing what your formative albums was, because I know for you because we come back from like very different music backgrounds oh, like, wildly different you play a lot of instruments yeah. whereas I wasn't somebody that played all instruments but somebody that like I was around music all the time yeah in my household so for me I, you know it'll be very much different from yours so I'm definitely excited to uh you know see where you you know your music taste is formed hey, right, right back at you so you mentioned you grew up in a house that had a lot of music and that's actually kind of where I got my start too I had uh an older brother who being unrelated to like the podcast stuff is the reason I play guitar and started singing and everything. But as far as music is concerned, the first albums that I ever owned myself were actually things that he gave me. And it was three albums that he had burned onto CDs yep. and wrote uh, nice. ridiculous names on the front of them so my mom wouldn't suspect anything. <laughs> uh, he got me Dookie by Green Day. Siamese Dream by Smashing Pumpkins and Weezer's Blue Album. Weezer's Blue Album, he actually did just write Weezer on the front of it because that's pretty non-suspect or non-suspecting. But Green Day Dookie, I think he wrote like Greatest Hits of 311 on the front of the front of the cover or something like that. You know, keep that hidden. And I felt like that was a really good, I don't know, introduction to very different types of music because I obviously Dookie and Smashing Pumpkins both will have that little bit of like rock influence, but Weezer is kind of on the other end of the spectrum of them. It's a lot like softer and more, I don't know, slower building, especially mm -hmm. tracks like Only in Dreams at the end of that album. It was kind of my first introduction to songs that had an actual progression to them and it wasn't just, oh, this sounds nice right now. They actually had yeah. a motive to it. So I don't know about you, but like those albums kind of set me off trying to find all of my own music. Yeah, see, for me, I, I agree with that. Like certainly for Green Day, so my mom was the big influence in music for me. Like I okay, was the okay. oldest. I was the oldest sibling. Uh -huh. So obviously, you know, you're, you're a little bit. I'm the youngest. You're by, the youngest. By far, right? Yeah, yeah far exactly. Margin. So I feel like for you, like a lot of your, you know, your siblings gave you a lot of music to listen to. Yeah. Me personally, I was the oldest, so you were probably dishing it out. I exactly. I was dishing it out for my brothers, and but I got a lot of my music from my mother. Okay. And at least, at least from the start, and my mother was playing a lot of. Similar stuff, like I definitely, you know, Green Day was a band that was definitely played in my household for sure. Very similar to like Three Doors Down was another one that my mom always was playing constantly, Away From The while. Sun. That album was going on all the time. And even like, she really, used to really like Collective Soul, Seven Year Itch was an album that was played all the time that I still even go back to today. Like songs like Heavy on that, December, like just fantastic, mm -hmm. you know, good alternative rock, that 90s rock that, you know, was so prevalent when we were growing up. Uh, even you know, Third Eye Blind was another one as well. Oh, uh, Jumper! Like jumper. everyone knows. Everyone knows Jumper. They right? know the words to that. How it's gonna be? Those types <laughs> of tracks, you know. And even like like you said, Smashing Pumpkins was another one too. Like 1975 is a fantastic song. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very nostalgic for me in terms of just like driving around with my mom listening to that kind of that, those kind of songs. And she even got into like um, like Lincoln Park as well was another one. My mom's a big Lincoln Park fan. Chester Bennington, you know, she loved yeah. him for sure. Chris Cornell was another one that she really oh, enjoyed absolutely. as well, like Soundgarden. Absolutely, so that was a lot of the songs that we were listening to. And so, and then also as well, my mom is one of those people that on Sunday dinners, 
you know, she wants music to be played. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's one of those things. Background. Yeah, exactly. So in those settings, it would be a lot of, you know, Marvin Gaye, Luther Vandross, Elton John, some of that, like, uh, I want to say more R&B, soul, mm-hmm. softer rock influence. And that kind of also got into a little bit of modern for that time because, you know, we're, we're 90s babies who grew up in the 90s where Coldplay was a big one as well. Yeah. We kind of stemmed a little bit off of like the softer rock that almost Elton John. Well, they get a lot of, of flack, but like the album X and Y is fantastic in my fantastic. opinion, and that's not the fantastic. one that people most people list as their like Coldplay album. But I have such good memories of listening to that. X and, X and like, Y fix you great. on it, and every, oh man, that that album was honestly really good. That was being played a lot in my house as well, and then the other one was Rush of Blood to the Head. That okay. was that was like the big one first. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my mom definitely influenced a lot of my music. Like I'd say up until when I was about nine or ten. So that's okay. like really all I was listening to was that. So I had like that really soul, that rock influence. But for me, what got me into so anyway, so I was a radio listener, like just like anybody else, probably you know that was growing up in the late nineties, early thousands, yeah, and early two thousands, excuse me. And um, one of the songs I had heard on the radio was so I was probably I want to say maybe ten. Hey Ya by Outkast came out. Classic. Right? And same with The Way You Move. Mm -hmm. And so around this time when I was 9 or 10, I started getting into like MTV and VH1. So that's back when, you know. When you'd actually wake up and there'd be like music videos in the morning. Right, exactly. (laughs) You'd wake up in the morning before school, you know, you'd listen and you'd watch. You know, maybe the top ten countdown, whatever yeah, it was. The VH1 back then. music video. Yeah, album, you know? yeah, like right before you go to school. So I used to do that all the time. So for me, I really loved uh, loved Outcast growing yeah. up because, well, at first, I you know the speaker box love below is really actually the first album, physical album that I ever bought. So when Hey Ya and The Way You Move came out and those music videos, and I was like, okay, I have to have this album. Yeah. And maybe get the clean version, obviously. I was like, like a, yeah, literally, you know, ten, make your parents happy. Yeah, yeah, 10, 10. So literally, that was the first album I ever owned. And I would listen to it, and I was just obsessed with it. Yeah. And I, I just found myself just infatuated with the sort of jazzy. I mean, I didn't really, this wasn't the way I was thinking at the time, but, you know, looking back, I think the jazzy sort of quirkiness that yeah. and, and vibes that uh, that Outkast has. and but, but even those renditions as well of, the Marvin Gaye, the Luther Vandross intro. Well, I was going to say, it's almost well. playing back off of those roots you were a mentioning before. Right. So I felt like a good connection with that. And yeah. uh, that really got me into my rap. You know, Sent you down that path. Uh, sent yeah. me down the rabbit hole big time of rap. And Well, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned before uh, that your mom was a big fan of Linkin Park because that was actually the first album that I had ever bought myself no with my own money was Linkin Park Meteora. And Another that was... Breaking the Habit. No. Oh, oh my I God. listened to that song on repeat playing like Neopets and other random uh, like games online. Do you remember the music video? Breaking Habit. Oh yeah, it was video? the video that was all backwards and it was uh, yes. like the animated the style. Animated one, and exactly. There was, I think I remember one scene where there was like some lady dropping tomatoes or yeah, something was, like yes. that. And it was like all anime. It, yeah, and at the end it goes to the top of the uh, the top of the tower yes. and it's like the anime versions of them like screaming and like singing the, <laughs> yeah. that final chorus. Oh, yeah. that song is great. Like I'm oh. getting a little chills right now thinking I about that, that last chorus. And I think that was kind of my first introduction, real introduction to anyone rapping on songs. And mm-hmm. I, I'm hesitant to say rap because I know some people will be like, oh, Linkin Park, rap rock, like, and think it's kind of lame. No, well, they had a lot of rap influence. Oh, absolutely. Uh, more so even on that, the, the album that was Hybrid before Theory? that. Hybrid yeah. Theory. That was actually one of the first albums my brother Anthony bought, I remember okay. off the top of my head. Because we used to get the, I don't know if you remember these, like the, uh, it wasn't Scholastic, but it, they came. It, it was the book fair thing, yeah, right? Yeah, it yeah. used to come in the mail and, and you know, you could, yeah, it's like how you would order them with books, you would do it with albums. Like it would yeah. come in the mail, I can't remember like off the top of my head what the actual company the was, was, what it was. But you would place an order like, 
through the mail or whatever or you'd call it for in like or the albums you wanted wanted right you'd throw it in you'd send the check or whatever and then they'd like send you back the albums and they used to, hmm. we used to I remember getting through the mail we used to get like these big boxes and they used to have like all like you know my mother me my brother Anthony um, by the time we had been like reached like our teenage years we would be like just ordering albums constantly yeah and uh, one of the ones he like yeah it was Hybrid Theory and that oh, had a lot kidding. of rap Oh, and very hard, like you know, metalish influence as well. Yeah, you, you um, could you could hear like the new metal influences yeah, coming out of them, yeah, yeah. Um, and they really did kind of not. I don't want to say perfectly blend rap and rock because people still do have very valid complaints about some of Linkin Park's music being a little too angsty for them and everything. Yeah, like I see it, it. songs like One Step Closer. Like mm-hmm. you can only really relate to that so much until you just like it because it's an intense song. Right. Right. Um, well, in the end, too. Oh that, yeah, that, that was the like end. the most popular. That was like song the one that everybody theory. knows, yeah. right? And that was majority rap. Yeah, on that song. Yep, if the I'm only the only singing was uh, in the chorus, and then that like last part with like the I'm the only one. Like, yeah, like, him just yelling at the end. But so like from Linkin Park and those albums that I had kind of listened to, especially Green Day uh, and like the Dookie album, that sent me down a very very long path of listening to some admittedly bad post hardcore and like heavy groups. So I was like in high school. I was listening to guys like Avenged Sevenfold and Trivium, and yeah, like the tri- I should say the Trivium album Shogun. I am a huge fan of. If anyone hasn't heard it before, I actually would really recommend that. I listen to a lot of All That Remains too. I don't know if I would necessarily recommend that to anybody because that's maybe a little too out there now at this potentially, point. Potentially, but I just kind of really pigeonholed myself into all of that like super heavy guitar based music because mm. I was trying to just learn how to play the solos. And yeah, because I really liked them. And then one of my friends uh, and my brother-in-law in basically the same week showed me uh, Gorilla's Demon Days album. And that was actually what kind of almost like opened... Oh, Feel Good Inc. is one of my favorite songs of all time. Well, like, Clint, I, Clint Eastwood actually for me is one of my favorites. And that, that was, that was off, off the one before, yes, uh, I think, right? Yes. I can't remember the name of that that's, album. That's the only right thing. Now. I used to always get the Now CDs a lot. Oh, when, when they were still like yeah. actually somewhat decent. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I know if it was decent that. music, but no, well, it was it was all chart topping stuff. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. So I think I stopped probably after like the tenth or eleventh one, and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna like start listening to albums. Yeah, well, in like Demon Days, that was kind of Great the the eye opening uh, album for me of like, wait a minute, there's more music than just yeah. guys playing double bass on their drums and playing ridiculously fast harmonized sweeps on guitar and screaming into the mic. So, and especially with the track November Has Come with MF Doom, that kind of almost re-reminded me of all of the rapping and stuff on Hybrid Theory, which led me finally down the road to where I am now, finding basically a love and appreciation for hip-hop, starting actually with a really small, kind of unknown group, uh, Idea and Abilities. They're from Rhymesayers. Idea passed away in early 2000s, I'm pretty sure before I ever even knew about them. And I heard one of their songs in the background of a parkour video in high school. Okay. Yeah, I get that. That was when, like, that was all the rage. And there was that, like, hardcore parkour episode of The Office. And it's like, watching, like, one of those montages. And one of their songs was in it. And I was like, I need to know who these guys are. So I started listening to all the rhyme sayers, like Aesop and all of them. And now, like, that basically made me realize all the music I had missed out on by only listening to hardcore and things like that. So now it's, like, really broadened the horizons. Uh, so I, I owe a lot to idea and abilities, honestly. I'll still go back and listen to them. They're, they have an album by the throat that I would hold in, like, super high regard as far as favorite albums of all time. Oh, me. yeah. Well, going back to Outkast, right? So right. with that was where it kind of my whole music... Uh, you know, taste just shifted completely yeah. towards rap. Like I became obsessed with rap after that. Another really great album that I got, and as well, same deal. And 
my parents were like, nope, gotta get clean birds of it, <laughs> was uh, 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying. Oh, of course. Like, classic for me, mm-hmm. man. Like, totally just classic. Uh, you know, that got me into, like, sort of the gangster rap. And then off of that album, I got really into, like, Eminem, mm-hmm. G-Unit. Like, that was really my big rap scene, the game. Yeah. Remember the documentary was another one oh, that I yeah. loved. That oh, was and great... 50 in the game, like one one of the best rap duos in the game before they started hating each other and yeah, had that absolutely. supposed like shootout in the middle of a street that the game was talking about whatever in that interview. <laughs> yeah, oh, whatever it was. But uh yeah, no, 50 Cents Get Rich was probably like my one of my most played albums growing up. And even to the point like that had an influence in just my whole life. Like I loved that album. Yeah. I think we even came out high school basketball we came out to many men wish death that, that song was on uh, our on warm-up our, cd on like our warm-up yeah the, the football, it was uh, it was on like my warm-up room. exactly yeah and then to be honest with you the biggest eminem or the, excuse me excuse me the biggest the first eminem album i got which is as i'm looking back probably maybe his worst well worst of that time yeah encore Okay. Yeah. I can, no. I can, well, not the worst. I shouldn't yeah. say that because it had a lot of good good songs on there. But it. it but compared to the ones that had come like before it, before because, it, yeah, yeah. I, I was just a little too young at that point to like have gone back and heard Marshall Mathers LP. Mm-hmm. You know, the some shady LP Eminem show. Like the ones that I feel are definitely by far the best Eminem. Yeah. I, 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 oh, those me. first two. Those first two LPs are gonna be like unrivaled for a long time coming. That's They're that's two of the unbelievable rap, music. Yeah, rap albums ever. Absolutely. Just in my opinion, but well, I think a lot of fans I, I feel, feel the same I way. Agree with that. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, Eminem, like those albums, like Get Rich, Encore, so even Speaker Box, Love Below, like I mentioned, those three were like the pivotal ones for me. And then I actually ended up from there, like going back and listening to like old era Eminem, and I was like, oh my god, I missed out on all this mm-hmm. stuff. And Outkast, same deal. Like, Speakerbox Love Below, I know it won Grammy Album of the Year, like one of two rap albums to ever win Grammy Album of the Year. That yeah. one, I think it was Lauren Hill's uh, Miseducation. But actually, to be honest with you, as much as I love Speakerbox Love Below, it might not be my favorite Outkast uh, album just because I went back and listened to all the other ones, like AT Aliens. I was going to say AT Aliens and Stankonia. Like. Stankonia as well. For me, it's Equemini, though. Okay, that's that's respectable. Yeah, quite that, nice one. Spodiodi Dopalicious is like my name, my favorite <laughs> songs like of all time. I'm not kidding. It's one of the most fun ones to say the uh, name of. It's fantastic. Oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's, it brings uh, a smile to your face even thinking about it. Absolutely. Know? And the last album I had, so the four, that was really influential for me, was funny. And then it kind of brings it full circle a bit. Was uh, Kanye West College Dropout? And I was a huge Kanye guy, and I loved the soul that he brought into hip hop. I think he brought a lot of that soul in R and B side whereas Cowcast was a little bit more of like the like I said the quirky jazzy stuff which I was obviously a fan of as well but I remember listening to College Dropout and it was uh the song Slow Jams where it Mm -hmm. it says like you know Marvin Gaye Luther Vandross and I'm thinking I'm sitting there and I'm going after when I first hear the song and I'm like probably 12 at this time or 11 even and I'm I'm like oh my god these are the artists that my mom has been playing forever right so like going off of that influence from for Kanye it just kind of brought it to me, and I was like, "Oh, oh shit, okay, like this is this is dope." Brought it brought it back full circle. Like yeah, yeah. So for me, like that's the albums. Those four, I would say, were like my pivotal ones. Like, yeah. Speaker box love below. Get rich. College dropout. Encore. That that really opened me up to all of I think the hip hop that I listen to now. And like I said, I still go back to a lot of like these other albums that my mom was playing. Like I said, like the Three Doors Down. And my mom even says that there's a there's a. Uh, memory she has or even a home video could be 
of me at uh, SeaWorld when I'm like five listening to Crypt- <laughs> I'm, uh, Kryptonite's being played at, like, oh, at, like at SeaWorld song. and I'm just going off on it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, obviously I don't remember this, but she's saying that like I loved, even then, like I loved Three Doors Down. I'll even yeah. go back to it nostalgically and be like, oh yeah, like, those, well, those, those, those songs are classics. And classics. I feel like all those songs that I had that were like uh, the ones that I would like be found singing by my parents and everything were all these super weird, obscure like indie songs yeah. that my brother liked. Like I, I remember there was one called I think uh, it was by Our Lady Peace. But no, I would I would say that Demon Days, Idea and Abilities, and then those like first three albums, especially uh, Dookie and the Blue Album, were kind of like the big ones for me to set me down this path. So yeah. what we got up next for you guys is something that I've been looking forward to for quite uh, a while. I'm looking forward to this I had, too. I've had a lot to say about this. Me too. Our man Jid, J-I-D, whatever you want to call him, Jiddy Jid or Jittery, I think he said it comes from, <laughs> from, his, uh, from his grandma. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, I think he said that on the first album, The Never Story. He yeah. mentioned he talked about that on a song where he, that's where he got his, his name. Or it was an interview. Uh, I think it was both. I think they might have asked both? him about the uh, about the line and then yeah. like, to explain a little further. So he said that it was his grandma always called him that because he has like tons of energy, which is pretty apparent by yeah. how fast he can flow and like oh, and, and his God. dictation. What's your history with Jed? How did you get introduced to him? Did you, did you like the Never Story? I that, that's where that was. Loved that album. Okay, my one of my good friends Pano, who has been really hoping to like get a few opinions and things out here uh, on on this at some point. He was the first person to show me that album, um, and he was like a major stand of Jid. I think he's been listening to him even since like the mixtapes and everything. Um, so he showed me the Never Story. I think he started me off with Never, like the oh the, my this God. With the title track. That track goes hard. And well, and I already was getting into it, and then he, he was like, "Oh, just wait." And then the beat change happened, oh, and right then I knew that I was going to be a big fan of this kid for like a long time. But so, like, what was your intro? Some probably something similar. Uh, sort of. I just kind of came across him, uh, just on iTunes, okay, or Apple Music, whatever you want to call it. Just kind of throw scrolling through the new music, and when I saw the Never Story had popped up, you know, new album from this guy Jid, never heard of him. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, like I think Never was maybe like a top song on the, you know, whatever top hundred, whatever the heck it was. Yeah, the trending. And, yeah, the trending. Excuse me, thank you. And um, so I I popped on Never. That was like the first song I had heard from him, and I mm-hmm. was like. Oh my lordy! Like this man can <laughs> flow. He can rhyme. He immediately reminded me of Kendrick Lamar. Like oh, the closest same. thing, in my opinion, to Kendrick Lamar, flow-wise and just lyrically that we've seen. I think since Kendrick came up, popped on the scene. Well, and I actually always joke around that it almost sounds like Kendrick's impression of his younger self, in a way, like, yeah. was personified and became its own person. So yeah. when he's doing that kind of like higher pitched uh, voice, almost. Like, uh, the voice he uses on Art of Peer Pressure when he's talking about, like, being with the homies. Like, that pitch of voice is basically Jid. And yes, that was my first impression, yes. too. And a lot, yeah. And a lot of the tracks, even on Spin Butterfly, had that similar sort mm-hmm. of, even on that song, You. One of my favorite, honestly, one of the yeah. most underrated Kendrick songs. But I, I'm digressing a little bit. But I love that song. But anyway, um, see, for me, now, as much as I love Never, this track, Never. I know you said you love the Never story itself as a, as a whole, as a project. Yeah. I found it to be a bit of a mixed bag. And here's why. There was a few tracks that really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Never was one. Yep. Uh, Division was the other. Yep. Louder was another was one. Gonna, was gonna Those louder. are probably my three favorites from that album. And I just felt like it was missing something. I don't know what it was, but it, for me, it just seemed as though it wasn't fleshed out quite the way that I had hoped it would be. And it was, I thought it was a fantastic introduction to him. And yep. I didn't walk away from it unimpressed or anything like that I, I love the album I just or, or excuse me I love parts of the album I think and moments in the album I don't I can't for sit here and say that I go back to that album like and listen to it all the way through it's not an album that for me 
I really thoroughly enjoyed top to bottom. Yeah. Well, some, some the, of the songs were a bit kind of not remember or not like memorable. Like, they yeah. just weren't. They didn't hit for me. Whether it was the beats being just a little bit too bare. I thought the production here on this okay. album. Oh, I'll get there on the new one. On the new one was way better. Personally, huge step up. Yeah. So. Um, well, I mean, that kind of also, I feel like, can just be attributed to him getting signed by Cole and having a lot more mm-hmm. talent around him to help him with I that. Agree. I agree. I guess I actually do agree with the sentiment of there's a lot of songs that I probably couldn't even tell you the name of off yeah, of that anymore. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because uh, aside from, like, you already mentioned Never, uh, Division, and Louder, I was a big fan of Ed, Ed, and Eddie, too. That might just be personally for me because I loved that show as a kid. So I did, too. Like, I watched it, and yeah. I was like, oh, I need to listen to this song. Especially the music video is kind of funny seeing, like, him and his buddy he's like animated in that style which For sure. that, that was definitely like a, a good laugh good little trip down nostalgia lane yeah no I, I totally agree like that music video is, is definitely definitely cool I enjoy it just for me though like I said I just didn't a lot of, a lot of it didn't stick for me yeah uh, like I said those three tracks like I walked away from it being like damn like this this dude is a problem like could be a problem yeah. going forward you could tell and where he really hit his stride absolutely and he had a pretty I want to say a quiet year but the moments he came up this year before this album dropped, I was pretty floored by. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he was briefly on Swimming, Mac Miller's album. He yep. was on, I can't remember the name of the track now. It's escaping me from the top, off the top of my head. He had some ad-libs and he had some production credits as well on the track. Oh, self-care. It was okay. self-care. That's yep. what it was. Yep. And, uh, and then he also was on Taboo. Yep. Denzel Curry's album. Huge, huge verse on that song. That Sirens, you know, going, you know, once finals week is coming pretty soon by the way yeah uh we'll hear more we'll, about that we'll hear more about that towards the end of the uh towards the end of this this episode but yeah for me his verse on sirens was ridiculous yeah so and it left me being like yeah we really need a jitta album mm-hmm. and then we got it here it is yeah dicaprio too well i've been looking forward to this and like every single single that dropped i was playing non-stop he there was like videos from live shows that were coming out of news tracks there was that uh colors performance of working out like yes. everything was just building up to this album coming out yes and now it's here yes and we can talk about it absolutely <laughs> um i'm just gonna go off the bat here spoiler alert this is i think his best project to date absolutely i think that's almost As, uh, a no-brainer yeah and it, it it is just fantastic. I love it. The first track, Slick Talk, I love the way that this thing comes in. The way he, yeah. just the the beat is very narrowing or harrowing. It's very minimalist, right? I, I was gonna say it's minimalist right at the start. It's right like kind of leaving a lot of open space. Yeah, it does. And but it, it really brings the attention to Jid. Yeah, on him and his his he's got that double time flow going on that first half. Yep, activation, that track. activation. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. The, the just the play on the words. His double entendres on this are freaking awesome like we've talked about before a bit uh kendrick type of flow almost on this and he's just kind of that it almost sounds like he's basically using his voice as like another percussive instrument and that's one of the things i love about it and you can even tell if you watch him rap like the way he uses his hands you can almost tell where he's trying to put emphasis it almost is like his voice is another snare drum Mm -hmm. and it's like you can almost see when he's switching from like left hand to right hand and what 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 rhyme schemes are associated with what sounds and uh, so I think he definitely hits that perfectly in the start of the song. I think that's the biggest, one of the biggest takeaways I took from this album was his flow patterns and his flow yeah. delivery like you're just talking about now. Where And then you even see it on this, you see it right off the bat with this song mm-hmm. because he's got that double time flow coming in at the beginning and then this beat switches and it almost sounds Halloween-esque. Like it has a very, again, very That dark, like high pitch. High like, pitch, yeah. It's uh, like a screechy, like... Yeah, like, it's like a whistle it's, sample. Yeah, it almost sounds like yeah. there's someone like whistling in the background. And he almost goes to... 
uh, iambic pentameter like type of flow, like a Lil Wayne yeah. flow on the second half, which I was a huge fan. I just love like his confidence out of the gate here. He just sounds like he's owning the track. He sounds confident. He's he's flexing a little bit on here. And I think even the content's cool here too. It's nothing like extraordinary like that, but he's just talking about how he wants others to like feel dissed by him yeah. in, in a sense. Like, it's just his song to go out there and kind of talk some smack. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like how he's in his own, he feels like he's in his own lane, which I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with or not, but I feel like he's carved his way into the game, I yeah. would say. So maybe that's a better way and, to put it. And even if he's not strictly talking about just his music sound, I feel like at the same time he he's referencing like his work ethic and how he's going about this too because that's a repeated theme in this uh in this album too especially in one of the later tracks just the other day he talks about how he's different from everyone else because he's really like devoted to his craft yeah and he even kind of mentions in this song there's one part he says the rap game's too saturated and it's, it's true yes. there's a bunch of guys true. out oh there God. who definitely have some kind of ability and they put a good song out there but i don't necessarily think there's this many artists out there who should be keeping putting out album after album after album like some of these people kind of run dry after their yeah. first one. I don't. I feel bad calling them a one-hit wonder because it's good stuff, but it's just saturating the field, and it means that like for any style or sound, you're gonna find twenty artists with that same style or sound. Agreed. And I think he's basically saying not everybody, you know, can be dropping album after album after album, like in in one year. Yeah. And for it to be even relatable or freaking even hit. Yeah. Like there's some artists, the artists that are saturating the game, they're dropping albums like every four months like it's effort yeah. like it's almost yeah. it's not like no effort in it and well, not everybody's Brock Hampton and can drop three albums in six months and, and have be, be like great. And yeah. amaze each one be amazing yeah. in my opinion obviously anyone that knows me huge Brock Hampton <laughs> guy well the saturation like, yeah. it was called the saturation series yeah and they were literally playing to that trying to do that not to go off on a tangent about Brock Hampton yeah. I'll, I'll obviously talk about Brock Hampton all day but, long back but, to Jid but yeah, um, no, I, I definitely think this was a great start to the album. Uh, and even like the first few words, he's saying like, activate. And like, it's like, yeah. he's literally telling us, he's like almost warning us like, I'm about to start going off and it's not going to stop. Yeah, and we, it goes right into the next track, Westbrook, I feel like. The flows, and now, so this is not my favorite track here. I, I like, like, Slick Talk's awesome. Yeah. Westbrook's the next track with ASAP Ferg. And I like this song. I like the energy here. And I, oh my God, his flows. It's unbelievable. I, 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 I hate to go back to it again, but... It's just going to be a recurring theme here. The fl his flow patterns and his and his rhyme scheme here is just absolutely amazing. Um, I love the eeny meeny miny mo uh, locks bar. How he's like how he picked the locks, uh, pick on guys bigger than him because he's like the Terminator or yeah. whatever, whatever that line was. Uh, I love that. Oh no, excuse me, that was um, that was J Cole. Well, that's an off D's, I think. That's right? an off D's. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right, so right. that's so we'll we'll touch on that once we get to that. Yeah, song. yeah, yeah. But in this one, the like the big lines that I kind of latched onto, there was one he said something about uh, getting the rat from the ratchet, and that's yes, referencing yes, back okay. to Never, which mm -hmm. is again one of my favorite tracks. I'm really glad he used the verse from his Double XL uh, freshman cipher because I loved that whole thing. So getting to hear that again, especially with those little vocal inflections on like sleeping, stinking, reeking, like in the end when he's going up into that falsetto, love the sound of that. Some like really funny lines here. I was a little underwhelmed with Ferg's hook, but aside from yeah. that, it was it was a pretty good song. Aside aside from the kind of underwhelming dialed in hook, I I really think Jidge kind of shone through with all the. It's almost like a flow case type Ferg, song. Ferg's hook yeah. is the weakest here. Yeah, absolutely, it's the weakest here. And then off D's is oh my again, another one. So good that oh we couldn't God. even wait to talk about it, you know. Oh, I know, I know. My bad on that one. Oh no, I, I jumped no the gun there. We, okay, we that was it. the that was the line I wanted to go back to. Was I think it was it was a coal line. Yeah. Uh, which by the way. I have not heard Cole rap like that in a while. I or maybe ever. I like, was gonna say was, I don't think anyone ever has. Like that was dude, unbelievable. His the way because obviously Jid flows so 
fast and you know he has we're that, used to that, it we're know? used to that Cole is not one of those guys that's just like yo I'm, I'm out here and I can spit like crazy yeah. you know what I mean like a logic Kendrick someone that or even like a Twista you know no one's oh, Twista oh yeah, yeah Twista former you know world I, record holder Twista. you know what I mean or like even like an Eminem <laughs> yeah. somebody that can yeah. really like you know has that yeah they'll string together some syllables exactly so yeah going back to that line that I loved here was that eeny meeny miny mo locks bar how he'll pick the locks pick on guys bigger than him because he's the terminator yeah loved that line well even love in it, that line too he's so uh cool. picking on uh he i think he references kindergarten cop in that too and yeah. then in the very next line he's saying stuff about terminator and the chrome four five so it's yeah. like all those arnold schwarzenegger references i was a big fan of that yeah cole really holds his own on that track man i i, I love off these well, the I, the beat too is very just got a lot of energy i love that like hi-hat synth that they're using on it that really gives it just a lot of texture, you know? And, and well, one thing I noticed that they were doing with it is that pattern or that, like, melody that's happening through the whole thing, it almost sounds like it's pitching up and pitching down throughout the song, but in reality, they're just kind of changing the tone of, uh, of that sound, making it, like, really sharp at first so it sounds, like, really high-pitched, and then almost flipping it to feel really muddy mm -hmm. and it kind of works perfectly because both of them start their verses following the like pattern like the dun 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 dun, dun going up with, the, yeah, uh, with uh, yeah. the notes and then right away the beat gets a little bit lower in that muddy sound and that's when they like flip the switch and start just going nuts with the double time flows oh I love it um, it's really good it makes me a little sad to know that Jid actually did send this to Kendrick first to try and get a Kendrick verse on it and he didn't get it and I mean I don't want to complain because this is one of my favorite songs this off my, this yeah, album me too but, like, it just makes me think what could have been with we had Kendrick. Because you were even saying, like, where Kendrick is known to be doing kind of faster stuff and, like, has mm -hmm. the ability to. Hey, Cole, Cole, Cole so, held his own, man. Oh, absolutely. I, will, I would love to see, like, man, a, a remix with a Kendrick verse. That would be dope. That would be awesome. That would be dope. That would be, that would be a just total banger. Off these is just a total banger. Um, yeah. So the next then, track off of this was uh, one of the singles that got released. That, 151 Rum. Uh, oh, 151 Rum. I, I played that quite a bit. A lot of people complained about the fact that the beat took, like, so long before the vocal started, but, I don't know, I think that people's attention spans need to get lengthened a little bit. Like, it was 30 to 40 second intro of the beat, and they added, like, one new instrument each time. Like, come on, it's, it's a build-up. Like, you're not going to jump right into the track. Uh, see, with me on 151 Rum, I, while I, I do agree with a lot of what you're saying, I was kind of of that opposite opinion where I didn't care for this track as much off the first, maybe two listens I'd yeah. say and then but this song oh my god this really grew on me man I love 151 Rum it's an easy I listen I love it that hazy whiny beat mm -hmm. um, really enjoy it awesome bass line uh, the hi-hats and the synths are just awesome here well, and the I contrast love, between the bass and uh, the synths was like it really added yes, to it too the contrast was awesome and one of my favorite lines from this song and maybe one of my favorite lines from the actual project um, with street knowledge, complete nonsense, delete comments, online, all lies, we see violence. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was so cool about just talk how, you know, we live in such a day and age of social media where people are so, you know, they feel tough and they act like it, it, it's nothing to just throw a post or throw a comment on something on social media and, and not really think about the backlash about it. Absolutely. Not, and the people can just feel like they can say whatever the heck they want. Well, especially people who are now like no growing up with it. Like they, it's all they've ever known. So they almost don't realize it from that other perspective. Yeah. And, and how much violence can, can come from a lot of the stuff that we post on social media, the things that you, we just don't, we don't, a lot of people, it's like normalized. For yeah. Us it's now. been normalized. And not a lot of people think about what they're posting before they do it. So yeah. and I think he's really highlighting that. Yeah. And, well, and like to kind of go off of that, like it's normalized thing, he even has a line later on in the song uh, where he's talking about like, 
even if something that his friends are doing isn't really like his uh, preference, he's gonna do it because that's who he's with. Like I think the line was like, "You a thug? I can thug with you." Like it's yeah. not what he does, but that's who he's with, so he's just gonna go along with it. And I feel like that almost plays back onto the how it's normalized thing. And it even plays back on social media as exactly. well. It's like yeah. some big societal commentary. And I did actually like that that was, now going back to these Kendrick influences, that's almost reminiscent of Art of Peer Pressure when Kendrick is saying like he wasn't a gangbanger but he wasn't a, like a stranger to it and he like the whole song he's saying like well, I'm with the homies. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of his justification for the way he's acting. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like even though the song is really quick uh, and it almost sounds like it's just supposed to be a banger, it has a really good social commentary on it that yeah, if you can surprising. sit and listen and read in between the lines, there's some stuff there. Oh, absolutely. And that even kind of plays into the next track where he really, oh, the social time. commentary continues with Off the Zoinkies, yeah. which which is funny because he's signed to Dreamville, right? Mm-hmm. And J. Cole's last project was K.O.D., yeah. which talking about, you know, getting kids off of these drugs mm-hmm. and off the zoinkies is literally like the exact yeah that's same the kind same of sentiment anti-drug anthem addiction awareness type deal uh, take care of um, yourself type stuff oh my god i love the key uh the key line on here oh, oh don't gotta god. tell me you the don't piano. gotta uh, oh, like, the piano sample oh my lord my heart it's so good i'm a huge fan uh that's off, off the is one of my favorite favorite tracks here Oh, I agree. It's not even close. I think that might be actually my favorite track. It's up there. That sample I did actually want to look for because I've mentioned before, I'll say it again a million times, like if you sample keys and you sample some choirs and vocals, I probably will like the song. Yep. So I had to go and find it. It's some song called I'm So Grateful uh, by Crowns of Glory, released back in 76. It's basically like a big gospel vocal driven track, which it really makes me wonder how he's finding these like samples, whether it's just like his producer has them kicking around or it's like, I want to know if these are like the artists that he had, like these were his formative right. albums or something like that. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, it, but it could be. No, it, it was, this was such a great song. Like I, I could go on and on about just quote after quote after quote from this one of just Ugh. supporting that whole point of like trying to get his, like all of his friends off the drugs. I really dig this whole vibe that this song's putting out of him trying to be a good influence on his friends, even if it kind of pisses them off in the moment. Yeah, um, I love this track. Yeah, uh, one of my highlights here. for sure. And another great piano sample where he's just, again, killing with the piano samples is again coming in on a working out. Next track, another, yeah. yeah. This track was really great. I, I like this one a, a lot, lot of too. My favorites. Yeah, so far, I, it really isn't a track I don't like at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're about, what, six, six or seven, even seven tracks in here? Yeah. And I don't hate it. I don't even dislike a track yet I actually yeah. basically love every single one mm-hmm. the only one aside from point, that Ferg, vo- Ferg uh, hook even then though I so like the specific en- I even like the energy of that track still not, yeah. not to go back to that one but I, I really like you know the album so far I love yeah. it actually and working out is another great song uh, talking, you know, kind of talking about his come up on the rap game and sort of his struggles you know getting to where he is now yeah I thought the chorus, the back, the backing vocals on the chorus was one of my more beautiful moments here and he's just very somber here. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of, his energy level is very low. Yeah. And the piano, I feel like the piano sample here is really highlighted more, but it's very uh, off kiltered and kind of all over the place. I don't know if you noticed, like the, yeah. the piano sample is just so, just nuts and crazy. And But he's just so very calm. He's one of his more calm deliveries on the yeah. album. Love this track though. Well, because like the the whole piano sample is either like switching between some kind of like arpeggiated chord or just a quick little like that descending run. Yes. And a lot of that those really cool. runs don't start on like downbeats of the uh, the track, which is what kind of gives it that whole feel of like constantly moving and being really like mm-hmm. different. And that I think is what couples well with that delivery style and why it ends up sounding so good. 
the the biggest thing about this song that I and I almost feel bad saying this is like my most like standout memory of it is that Colors performance though because I I remember hearing the performance on the Colors YouTube page and thinking like wow I can't wait to hear what this like studio quality one's gonna sound like and they were basically exactly the same like mm-hmm. he went in there and even though the vocals and everything were recorded live he nailed it so even though I'm almost disappointed that it wasn't different it's just so impressive that he's able to go in there sing and rap like that versatility in a live setting on like pretty big stakes like the colors page is no joke yeah oh absolutely um oh and then the last thing we didn't talk about with this track was the uh the, the oh the skit the skit the on the skit back on end, the of end. It. Oh, oh man, man. dude so funny that was incredible like, oh they got <laughs> dreams too talking about like Jake Cole's, Jay Cole's hair now because yeah. he's grown out his hair he's got the yeah. dress like, Jake Cole look like that man that comes out it's like hey I need it need some bar somebody's charge I need to buy somebody's charge I'm only on 10% like yeah. wicked funny man I, yeah. I thought that I forget just, the name of that comedian but I'll definitely have to check like check out some of his stand up clowning something. on Cole I thought that was hilarious oh, was and, so and I'm sure Cole was probably like all, all about it I feel like Cole's one to be very self-conscious and yeah. not that oh, not self-conscious knows. excuse me like self-aware yes and, and also you know conscious of the fact of his own flaws clearly yeah. because he's always been and he, he kind of embraces them he, I hope that so, Cole was in the in the studio oh, when he recorded that well, he executive so like produced there. most of this I feel like the, so, almost the whole thing whole, yeah. whole thing right so, so I would I would love to see his face in the studio yeah. when that guy goes in the booth and starts just kind of ripping into him yeah bit. I'm not a skit guy personally I, I I usually will skip them completely mm-hmm. or like, anytime there's an album that has a bunch of skits I usually get rid of them after like yeah. maybe the first listen or two but this was a skit where I was like, oh, this is awesome. This I'd say dope. the only album that I actually consistently listen to the skits is like Good Kid, Mad City. And aside right. from that, um, I'm probably skipping them. Right. Like, sorry, 100%. Anderson Pack, I'm skipping the end of Head Low. Yep. <laughs> so anyways, moving on to the next track. Um, tired or Tied? We know yeah, I guess like R. Tied. Like, tied. Like, oh, that's almost like a Boston pronunciation. Yeah. So I feel like we should kind of like have it easy with that. Like, Shout out Boston, tied. bro. Yeah. Love this track too. Um, big fan. I like Black a lot. He's He's great. Uh, just in, in general, I've always been a fan of his. And and Jid tries to sing here again. He sang a le- he kind of singing a little bit on working out, but then he really tries on his chorus. Yeah. Uh, but I think we get a good result here in terms of his chorus or his hook here. I like. Uh, he's not a bad singer. He's really not. And like he even said himself that it's something that he never really spent much time on. And it's more in like these recent years he's almost discovered that he can. And I feel like it was maybe an Instagram video of his once where he was like, I know I can't sing, but I don't really care because I'm going to keep trying until I get better at it so I can... Well, yeah, it almost makes it... It almost really paints how humble he is about this stuff. And even when you see his interviews, you can get that feeling too because he's really well-spoken and you can tell he's actually thinking about what he's saying before he says it. But anyways, not to go too far down that rabbit hole. Like this this song uh, specifically... I really like the phaser effect that he uses on the background instrumentals mm-hmm. to kind of make them feel like they're feel like coming in and out and in and out. I love the feeling that songs get from that because that's that almost like uneasy, like you're sitting on like a boat in the ocean, kind of constantly going up and down. Uh, I really like that thought. It coupled well with the song. Um, one thing I did notice was that this was one of the few tracks that didn't have one of those like definitive bass lines behind it, and I think that that might have almost been to tie into that first point I was making of they really wanted it to feel like a fluid song and if yeah. you put too strong of a bass line in that's almost too heavy of a root that you can like hold on to with the song they I feel like they wanted more of that like easygoing vibe mm-hmm. off of it yeah 
I really liked Black's delivery here too mm -hmm. on his on his verse. And I like I said, I know some people are a little bit hot and cold with him. Yeah, I personally like him a lot. I like a majority of stuff he does. I think it sounded and, good. Yeah, no, his delivery was great. And um, LMA bring uh, brought a good feature as well towards the back end of this. I would have I would have so much rather them put that in the middle of the song. I don't I know. know why they decided to end the song on that. I don't yeah. want to make it sound like it was a bad decision, but if they had put her in the middle to cut between the two uh, the two verses when they already did kind of let the song get a little mellow, mm -hmm. I feel like that would have been perfect for at least the flow of the song but that's being a little nitpicky because I really enjoyed the track yeah like, that's, me, too. me too that's being like very like particular about my tastes yeah okay next track I'm just gonna go out and say this it's my favorite track here yep easily. I, hands down easily yeah, and this it's is... one of my favorite tracks of the year yep. I, I cannot tell you how many times I've played this song mm -hmm. over and over and over and over again and I do not tire of it yep Scrawberries even from that first Chicago note kid. like right at the beginning oh like, my god I already know what you're in for and it's going to be awesome. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. Absolutely. This was one of the best, best beats on the whole, in my opinion, on the entire album. And I just loved what Mac was able to do with this beat. I really do. Well, I really, I, I wonder if like Mac was who adjusted the beat or if he somehow had something to do with getting the sample. Because again, this is some obscure jazz artist from the 70s. The sample of that horn that's playing in the background of yes. the whole song is a track called No Ifs, Ands, or Buts by J.J. Barnes, 1973. But they pitched it up really, really high to give it that kind of like grading, cutting through the mix yes. feel that it has. Yes. And it works out so well. Because like I was saying in the last song, there wasn't really that like home feeling of a bass line. That horn sample in this track is almost that like home that you go back to of like this is where this whole track is based off of like yeah. this sample and it has a very almost jazzy feel to it as well exactly and it really sounds like a beat that could have been off swimming mm -hmm. and yep. and uh i love i just i love the strings here the vi the violin and like you like you were mentioning how high it is and i think it plays to just the catchiness of yeah. the actual track itself and the only gripe i have with this song is that some of the, the horn section towards the back end uh -huh. like where it really got jazzy and groovy I wish that was like throughout the whole track yeah. but I mean that's just like I'm nitpicking at this point yeah Hi, sonically this is one of my favorite tracks of the year not even yeah. close and even the subject matters matters cool for me you know relationship you know with women's struggles and but he's kind of like almost he's very uh, he's lifting women up here a bit as well and he's kind of yeah. realizing uh, he's very humble here very humble I just love the angle he takes, and he's got mm -hmm. so many quotables. Oh this, yeah, there's, there's so oh many crazy God. lines in this. Like some, um, some we definitely can't say. He's, but well, he's you'll, you'll know. yeah. I love his just overall his vulnerability and his sensitivity is Absolutely. just fantastic. I love how the the line where he was talking about um, how he needs to like he realizes he has to be like better brother to his sisters. Yeah. And he needs to just sort of like just treat women better in general. Yeah, that haunted house line was freaking awesome. Yeah, it was a little cr like when you first hear it, it's like a little like whoa. It's, it's a like, bit. It's just... a it's a bit off putting. Yeah, like some of the lines here are a bit off putting. Like that one, the feminine line was really cool. Too. Yeah, that was that was funny. Uh, Stefan Marbury line. Yep. That was oh yeah, like right line. off the bat. Those were all lines where I felt like they could either they could be a little off putting, but at the same time, I think it. it brings like the playfulness as well that he's trying to bring yeah well and it's like it, it kind of see shows how like i don't know matter of fact he can talk about a lot of this stuff because right. that haunted house lyric then this it comes from the second verse and that whole verse to me seemed like it was about a girl who had like an ex or a couple exes who he says like we couldn't speak about them like they right. went that bad that we couldn't even speak about it the one specifically in the haunted house line was some guy who basically used to like beat her so he's talking about this girl basically having all this baggage from past relationships 
But instead of criticizing her for it, he immediately follows up by basically saying that, like, I got you on, like, whatever you need. Um, like, uh, don't move a pinky or an inch, I think is the line he mm -hmm. says. And he'll even cover, like, your bar tab. He'll make sure that you're feeling good. So it's almost, like, kind of refreshing to see that, like, yes, you're meeting someone who has all this baggage, but, like, you can get over it together. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I totally agree with that as well. I love a lot of the lines you're mentioning there. Oh, well, BJ the Chicago Kid. How are we not talking about BJ yeah, the Chicago wow. How do we just how miss all that? Yet? Uh, <laughs> from the left, BJ, we need a project. You're please, killing. Please. You're killing hooks right now. He's like the hook killer right now for me. Yeah. His, his chorus is incredible here. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love the way he's riding the beat. Uh, just his just vocal inflections here are just fantastic. That hits those high notes so well. The well. falsetto, like oh, the falsetto. It takes a lot of guts for a guy to actually be able to go out there and use falsetto like that. The only guy who consistently has done that for the like past years, I feel like, is Justin Timberlake because he's known for having right. that like right. high pitched voice, and he almost yeah. got a free pass because he was in a boy band. So it's like, okay, yeah, you're gonna sing high. Yeah. But like BJ's vocals, like even even in the background of the chorus. You can hear him kind of like coming in with just, it's almost like vocal ad libs. It's yeah. kind of funny, but it fills in the space so well. He's great. Yeah, oh, I agree. Uh, th this album for me at this point is just like fantastic. I don't know about yeah. you. Uh, the first nine tracks here, I think, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about it. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, I think this, this is, is where the part of the album. This that, is where it slips for me a bit. Yeah. And where I get a little, I don't want to say bored. Bored's not the word underwhelmed yeah like like there could have been more there he, I think he ran out of steam a little bit yep. uh, Hot Box uh, is the next track with Method Man and Joey where on paper I try not to do this before I listen to albums I try not to look at the track listing and, and who's uh, the guest on features are songs, yeah. just so it doesn't like you know hype you for certain yeah, songs yeah or fog my judgment you know what I mean yeah. like, where I'm like oh I can't wait for that track to come up when I like am listening through the whole yeah. project Joey's hook and verse sound very phoned in. Yeah, a little lazy. Or, it just, or it wasn't mixed properly or mastered properly. The beat's got that old school sort of New York boom bap mm -hmm. sound to it, which which I normally like and I'm a huge fan of. And it, the beat felt very made for Joey and, and Method Man, so I, I, I will at least give Jid that in yeah. terms of knowing who he's bringing in on features and knowing what will tailor well to their sounds. So that I like, but, but I just don't think it was executed very well. No, the, the beat the beat itself, like, I, I might be a little off base with this. They took it from a, another jazz sample, also from the 1970s. We don't need to talk about, like, who and all that kind of stuff, but... I'm pretty sure the chords that they're using, one of them uses the like quintessential blues note, which is not technically in the key of the song, it's meant to add tension, and they just kind of keep going back to it again and again and again, and the whole point is that you add tension to release the tension at some point mm -hmm. in the song, and for me, since there's never really any release, it's always just those chromatic notes going back and forth. Yeah. By the end of the track, I just really don't want to hear that beat anymore. There's no punch it's, to it. Exactly. It's like it's just the same thing. It's like someone had a kind of cool idea, and instead of fleshing it out, they just looped it over yeah. and over and over again. I mean, yeah. the verses are okay. It's like a standard smoking track. Yeah, and... I don't know. I just feel like this song has been done before. Do you feel yeah. the same way? Oh, it, it, all the and lines are like lines we've heard before, just worded a little bit differently. Yeah, and like what was Joey's line that he said? Like something about the only time we take L's. Uh, what was? Oh, it? any any time. The only time we like face, face L's. Or, or, like is yeah. the only time we face L's. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's, that's it. just yeah. such a. I don't know. That's such like a corny generic. Exactly. It's been done before. Exactly. I dude. I don't know. It's uh, just it's just a little underwhelming. Yeah, not not and, too much to say on this track. Yeah, it mounted up to the next one. Uh, we actually have a difference of opinions on yeah, this one too, which me, is interesting. I we do we do. For me, I don't like this track all that much. 
Uh, the beat is a bit lackluster to me. It does kind of sound like an old, like it kind of reminded me of like an old school like Hot Boys okay. track. Like it, the next two tracks kind of give me almost like a Lil Wayne influence. Oh, here, absolutely, like especially the next one. Um, he flows over this beat really nicely, though mm-hmm. I will say that. And his flows and his, you know, actually, actually another one of my favorite lines comes from this song. To be honest with you, even though I didn't love this track, uh, which shit to an enema enemy? Anyone get at me? I'm the epitome. Yep. That's love. clever. That yep. line, really Flo's clever. Nice. Yep, I just really love the double entendre there. Um, the play on words, really cool. See, my favorite line on here was actually that quick little Dave Chappelle uh, reference he yes. threw out there of uh, talking about skins versus blouses. My my favorite <laughs> Dave Chappelle episode with the Prince and uh, what, what was it like Charlie Murphy and all those guys. Yeah. Like those episodes are classics. So that was that was huge. I I won't lie. I actually I might like this song so much because of how much I heard it before the album came out. Okay. There was those YouTube videos that released of him doing it live over and over and over again I would watch these live videos trying to just like get a full sense of the song so I was almost so it was almost like I did what you said you tried to avoid I hyped myself up on it because I was like oh here's a new track so then when I finally heard it it almost was like solidified as a good song but I definitely agree where this is almost more just kind of showcasing how he can flow. He hits those polyrhythm flows again. Like I'm disappointed he didn't use the fee fi fo fum one from the double XL freestyle, but he definitely hits some nice ones here with like the cornered boar carnivore lines and uh, the killer be killed, float like butterfly, sting like that. That whole thing there where he's like not he's following the beat, but it's like a different rhythm than the beat. Big fan of that. But I, I do definitely agree that maybe this song could have been fleshed out a little bit more, more of like a motive or a theme behind it. Um, yeah, I, I would agree, but I just, I know, I know, I don't want to judge, cloud your judgment, because I know you yeah. love, I know you love this track. Uh, it, it's, a, it's, it's good, I wouldn't say it's great, it's yeah. not like, it's not like my least favorite track or anything like that. I just, I think this, this, this part of the album, it's, it's kind of, like I said, it's running out of steam a little bit. Just yeah. the other day, though, Except I for love. this track, except for this track, yeah. Well, for you, for just you. The, no, just the other day. Oh, just, oh, just the other day, yeah, you this, mean, oh this my track, God, we yeah. even agree, like, oh, this is, this cat, this chorus is, oh, the, this, this, this hook, is, oh, yeah, so this nice. hook is maybe one of the best on here, mm-hmm. very catchy, absolutely dark, haunting beat here, oh mm-hmm. man, I love it. Um, just kind of talking about his come up, you know what I mean, like, talking about where he kind of came from, not a lot, like, to hold, like, to ton to stay on this track. I just really like how it sounds. Yeah. I love, just like I said, the dark haunting beat. Big fan. Big fan of this love one. It. No, it, it's it. the hook of that one's going to stick with me. And especially if he makes more hooks like this, I can see like these songs getting some serious airtime. Mm-hmm. Like this is so catchy. Yeah. Um, and then the final track, Despacito 2. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm not I, big on it's, this. I'm not big on it. It's kind of the same way I felt about Anderson Pax Hockenard. Like for me, the album should might as well just end it just the other day. Yep. Despacito 2. It's got a haunting trap beat. I it's like the aesthetic generic. to it. Yeah. Like I definitely like the aesthetic. It's cool. But that's about as far as I can go with it. It's um, just not that original to me. Exactly. And I just don't find it to be like super. Uh, I don't know memorable Memor- yeah, yeah, I, guess. I guess memorable is the best word yeah. I would describe it as that, That's I, I like that well it's cause like the beat doesn't really do anything crazy and this is also I feel like one of the tracks where he's a lot more restrained with his flow yes. and he's more straightforward with it yeah. so neither one of them is really like shining through so it's a good it's a good track as the last one on the album I don't know this would maybe be like a filler song in the middle mm-hmm. this might have been a good one to cut up uh, off D's and 151 cause yep. those are both singles if yep. this was in between them maybe I'd like it a little bit more but as the last song on the album, I, I don't really know. It doesn't I, I, leave a lasting impression you know, for exactly. you. It doesn't leave, like... It's not like you, a good period at the yeah, end of the album. It's, it's not a punch there where you're like, oh my god, that album was amazing. Like, you love the first ten track, like, first nine, ten tracks. Just with just the other day, spent, like, that last couple of tracks there. Yeah. But it, for me, this album, as much as I do love it overall, 
it does lose a bit of steam for me at the end. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we're in agreement that that song probably could have gotten cut off the album. I'm, I'm kind of a fan of that, like, uh, I'm going to be whatever I want to be, repeated line. I, I like the sentiment behind that, too, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I don't think it really came together. So what was uh, what were your favorite tracks off this album? Like, as favorite a, tracks. As a whole? Uh, favorite tracks for me, obviously, Strawberries is yep, like my favorite. We agree on that one. Strawberries is fantastic. Slick Talk, mm -hmm. Off These, Off the Zoinkies. But those were my four that I think I'll take away. Amongst other tracks that I'll still come back and listen to, because I yeah. guess I love this album whole as much thing. as I do, as, as in terms of a structurally, as a whole. A cohesive uh, album, yeah. Yes, it was it definitely, that, I will say that, and it was very cohesive. Everything fits a lot better than Never I'll Story. Give it like, that. I, I yes. like Never Story, but this one I think definitely each song kind of flows into the next uh -huh. in a really good way. Yep. I would say my top yeah. four, in, uh, I agree with you about Scrawberries and Off to Zoinkies. Those are two of mine. A big change up, I actually have mounted up as one of my favorite ones. I just I saw that. something about those something about those verses. I just love the flow of them, especially the like double time that he hits on the second verse of the uh, of that, and then working out like I something yeah. about that track Dope just track. it's it's really smooth like smooth and soothing to me. And Dope. I think that we're gonna agree here. Least favorite Despacito too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I almost want to put a hot box here, but that's I like won't. an iffy. Yeah, it's iffy. I won't. Probably death, definitely Despacito too. So overall, um, grades. So what 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 is oh right. what does Jids DiCaprio two get for a grade for you? So for me, this is almost like when your favorite student gets like an A minus, but it's like the highest A minus you can get. So you're like, all right, you know what? You get the A. So I'm gonna say that's gonna be about like a 94 out of out of 100. I, that's I think. literally what I had. 94. Nice. 94. Well, there we go. 94. There we go. I thought it was perfect through the first 10 tracks. Couple mm -hmm. minus slip ups near the back end. But still an incredible overall. Really damn near flawless. Yeah. Uh, his, his, just, again, his flow, his rhyme patterns, some of the most creative I've heard all year. Mm -hmm. Production palette had a lot of variety. I thought that the instrumentation here was lovely. Uh, really great uh, sonically sounding to the ears. And they were. I think overall this album was structured pretty nicely. Mm -hmm. And I just love the way the album flows, even though I didn't enjoy the last, like, like a bit like yeah. two songs or whatever um, and each track really did tell a story or it mostly had a subject which yeah um, they all had motives behind them. yeah and it gave a concept and I think I heard either saw it on Instagram or I, or I heard him in an interview or something like that where he said that he wanted every song to almost be like its own story or yeah. its own like it could be like a movie made out of yeah. that song or like each one was like almost like a like a little like a, a snapshot of like, like his life his or life whatever or, he was going for or whatever's going on in his head yeah. exactly no and I, I think this is going to show yeah. this shows a lot of potential moving forward too even just from how much more polished this project it's is from the polished. last one if he keeps that same type of trend or even remotely similar trend we're in for a lot of really good music from him in, in the next few years. Yeah, I would love to see him at this point next go for like a full. Even because even though each track was very focused and had mm -hmm. like a subject most of the time, the I don't say that each story or each subject necessarily like tied in together, which is fine. Yeah, for me. it I don't, wasn't I'm, like a whole album. I'm concept. okay with that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like it wasn't like Good Kid, Mad City, where it was like a yeah, progression like story literally or his like life. Like, yeah, or like a like a 2014 Forest Hills Drive per se. Oh, what where, an album. Yeah. Oh my god, amazing. But yeah, I, even though conceptually it didn't have each track wasn't exactly connected connected next. I was okay with it obviously mm -hmm. but the next next going from here I'd love to see Jid maybe do like a conceptual album yeah. I think it would be really great at least have a couple tracks on there that have common themes that you know like okay these are all associated to cool. each other that would be yeah. awesome so anyway uh, I got an A 94 Jid mm -hmm. uh, definitely for me Spoiler alert, it's going to my top 10. Yep, same here. It'll it's, be down there. It's going to be in it. It'll be in there. And one or two of these songs probably make it on the list as well for like the favorite songs. Strawberries is on there, no question. Yeah. Strawberries is going to be high up there. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Okay, um, so our last segment for today. We got, got little, some homework. Yeah. homework. Mm -hmm. Homework time. 
uh, so take out your your notebooks. So I got five tracks here. We like like we said last segment each episode. We're gonna give you five tracks from me, five tracks from Cody. Yep. Um, about what we're listening to right now can be new tracks that we've we just heard that we want to share with you guys that we think you you know that we think people would like or old ones that we're fond of you know? or, or old ones that we're coming back to. So anyway, uh, the first track I have here. Um, this is actually a, a friend of mine. He's trying to make it as a, as an artist. Uh, his name is Nine Eighteen. And this song is called No Drama. It's featuring Noel Houghton. It's a friend of his as well. He's, I'm telling you, he's super talented, man. Uh, totally check this guy out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this song is called No Drama. Okay. Uh, he's very talented, this guy. He plays guitar, piano, he raps, he sings, he produces. He's got the whole bit. Gotta respect that. He's really good. I'm really excited for him. I hope he takes off. This track's fantastic. It's more of a hype track, uh, about just kind of staying out of drama True. and the problems in your life. Um, and then let, sort of letting go of like all these inhibitions that we face every day. Um, and like going for your goals. Yeah. Got some watery keys, just great breakdown towards the end. The flows are great. If you like like good trap, you know, uh, songs with a lot of energy, this would be one for you. Mm-hmm. Great pre gaming song if you're going to go out before or something like Everyone that. Everyone needs so a good pre gaming playlist. This, this would be, yeah, this would be on there for me. Uh, the next track, uh, The Cunning Linguists. Ooh, I haven't heard heard that mentioned Cunning in a Linguists. while. Yes. I used to listen to them all the time in high mm-hmm. school. They had, they had the Lyricist Lounge, uh, right? The, the like the collab albums where they got like tons of other people Heck in. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I, I remember those. Uh, this track's called Gone. It was off their uh, last project, which their name the name of it is escaping me, but uh, this song is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, catchy vocal sample. The synths are like super blissful and gorgeous. A, a drum line that gives you like that head bobbing vibe, right? Yeah. So you, you get like... It gives the, you a beat. It's blissful, but you still bob your head to it. It's yeah. really cool. Um, lyrically, a really great track just about the black community and the stereotypes that are involved. I don't want to like, spoil the whole thing for you, but yeah. it's, it's really very rooted in a great concept. This album itself was very uh, conceptually driven uh, in terms of like social commentary. So yeah. again, the song's called Gone, the kind of lingu- linguist. Totally check that one out if you're a big fan of um, really uh, good rap flows and or sort of um, creative rap. I would definitely give the cunning linguist mm-hmm. a check out if you have not. Um, Keeping in the same rap, uh, Big Crit. Ooh, New EP. I, I was gonna. You better not say the same song I was gonna say. One O O. Okay, well, at least we got two different different ones. ones. All right, cool. <laughs> I got One O O here. So shout out to my roommate Danny, my one of my best friends. Uh, he and I feel the same way we feel about Crit. Like mm-hmm. he is super slept on. Yeah. Like, biggest for me, my opinion, biggest rap star in the game that nobody's talking about right now. Yeah. You need if you love like this track. This is not well, not even one of his best tracks in my opinion. You need to go check this man out if you are sleeping on Big Crit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't give it away. Album in, in 2017. If that just got released a little bit later, that'd probably be in my top albums of 2018. I, I, I think Big Crit's. I, I, oh yeah, for sure. Um, Forever's a mighty long time is probably my album of the year for 2017, or mm-hmm. at least it's up there. Probably that with Get One of the best. It, it, oh, it was one of my. It, it might have been my best. But anyway, more of a stripped back R and B influenced track. Uh, Definitely go check this out if you like more soulful uh, rap styles. Uh, my next track is Mortimer, uh, Careful. It's got okay. a uh, reggae influence. Oh, that's reggae right. We're listening to that. Yeah. Oh, dope, dope track. Uh, it's more about like not... The song itself, content-wise, is about not tr- uh, not trusting the people around you or like being yeah. cautious of the people that you put yeah, your trust in. Not you know what I mean? inherently trusting people. Exactly. Um, and that the closest people around you could screw you. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I love it. Really cool, awesome horns and a groovy guitar sample it in the chorus fantastic love, love it and the last track I'll give you guys today is Manchester Orchestra Allentown Ooh. really cool indie all, all soft rock vibe yeah. here 
almost like Bonnie Vare. If you like Bonnie Vare, totally check out this track. Some Father John Misty vibes. Father John Misty, about, yeah. absolutely. A great vocal performance here. The, mm-hmm. the acoustic guitar mixes really nice, nicely with these airy sort of heavenly keys that are on, on it. Uh, great, great track. So yeah. Allentown, Manchester Orchestra, if you like them, definitely check their stuff out. I saw them at Boston Calling. They are fantastic. I'll have to catch them live. I haven't seen them Oh, they're before. fantastic, Cody. Love them. So my homework for you guys, the first song that I got is actually a band that I just got turned on to pretty recently. The band is Delta Sleep. The track is After Dark. They have a new album out this year that's probably going to actually make it on at least my top 10, if not honorable mention. If I had to describe them, I'd say it's almost like math rock meets a little bit of indie like composition meets like punk influenced vocals um really really cool stuff the album's ghost city i would listen to any song off it but i'd say after dark is is my highlight the second track i have is this uh brother and sister led uh pop jazz funk fusion group lawrence uh they had a new album come out this year that i i was a little underwhelmed with uh compared to their previous work but the name of the track is Probably Up. It's basically about people who have really weird sleep schedules and kind of sleep through the day and then wake hmm. up and then stay up until like 3, 4 in the morning. It's, oh. It literally basically was talking about them working on their music until the sun comes up. I've seen them live a bunch of times and their horn section is flawless. So if you get the chance, I'd see them. They're relatively small, so it'll be nice and cheap tickets, you know. The next track I have is uh, this band called Turnover and the track's called Take My Head. Uh, if these guys, I feel like are almost like if bedroom pop got sent through like shoegaze guitar effects, because I know shoegaze is known for being very, I don't want to say grimy cause that's not the word I'm looking for, but there's a lot of fuzz behind it. There's lots of like effects over the guitars and turnover definitely uses that, but their vocals are not what I would normally expect out of shoegaze. So definitely give them a listen. If you like some kind of more chill, like, like I said, bedroom poppy type stuff. Uh, Big Crit, uh, you already said one of the tracks, so I'll say another one. He has slept on people. Check him out. Yeah, He's amazing. If you man. get anything out of this whole like hour or however long this ends up being, like this is what you should get. Listen to these EPs. The song I'm suggesting is Energy, but honestly, any of the EPs he's put out this year will be great choices. And the last song, I'm kind of throwing it back to an artist that I really hold uh, like close to myself, Nujabes. He was a uh, he was a producer who passed away, unfortunately, I think in 2004. I might be wrong about that. <laughs> I know it was in the early 2000s. Really respected dude in like the production community. The song name is Feather. It features uh, Sice Star from the from the group Sign. It's great piano samples. Shocker! I like a song with piano samples. Great piano no samples. Really, really smooth. It's it's almost like if you're driving around with like the windows down on a summer morning, it's like the birds flying by, or like it's just such a feel-good rap song. So that's my last one for you guys for today. Even I, I think that kind of rounds up uh, everything we had to talk about. Almost. Yeah, you're even giving me some homework. I gotta check out some of your tracks. So for next time for you guys, uh, episode three and uh, four actually will be our finals week. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have what's called finals week. So we're gonna give you guys our top 10 albums of 2018 yep. with some honorable mentions or yes. the honor the roll, the honor yeah. roll yeah. we'll say. <laughs> and um, and then we're gonna give you our top 25 tracks. Of like of, the whole year, yeah. Yeah, whole year, any genre. All right, so we'll, and those will be in a uh, playlist for you guys uh, as well as always. All of our recommendations from each week will be on a on our playlist, mm-hmm. um, which you can find at our Instagram page at Turntable Teachers. That's mm-hmm. at Turntable Teachers. All right, please follow us, subscribe to us. 
Just if, if you love our keep content, keep your ears peeled. Keep your ears peeled okay. for our music. Um, and also, if you guys uh, next month, we what we were really planning on doing. Uh, if you guys have any recommendations for us, we want to hear from you guys. Okay, so what do you think of the albums that we're reviewing? Did you love them? Did you hate them? Mm -hmm. And also, it's really nice that we can like get all these suggestions because we have such. We were talking about what our music tastes are, but both of us, I think, want to get brought out of those like comfort zones and everything. So please, even if it doesn't match up with what we've been talking about so far, listening to some new music, your new music is something I will never complain about. You know. Yep. So for uh, you know going forward, we're gonna definitely have segments where we review and talk about some of the songs that you're sending us. Mm -hmm. So please. Feel free to DM us on Instagram, any songs, or write in the comments on any of our posts. Yep. Um, and I think that's it for today. Yeah. All right. So I'm Cody. I'm Mike. And we have been the Turntable Teachers. Class is dismissed.